Did you know that there is a reason for each test in your life? We oftentimes ask the question when we're going through a test, why did God allow this to happen? And why is God not stopping this? So often, beloved people, we just quickly want the test to end. We really don't understand that the Bible teaches that the test is often for our best. And the scripture teaches us how to respond to our test. You see, beloved, something difficult doesn't always mean that it's bad. Oftentimes, when there are difficult days, we oftentimes resort to thinking that it's bad. When we go through fire, when we go through flood, oftentimes we think, oh my gosh, this horrible bad thing is happening to me. Discerning our difficulties, trials and tests, God always uses for our best when we love God and we are the called according to his purpose. Responding appropriately to a test will transform your life into God's best. Today, on Day of Destiny, I want to teach you the secrets of how to unlock God's word that will help assist you reach the pinnacle of purpose in your life. Today, I will teach you the meaning of one of the most important words in the Bible. That word is Hanini. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to welcome you to our teaching on this series, The Moses Miracle. I believe today that God is going to prepare you and train you for such a time as this. This destiny word was used not only by Moses, by Abraham, by Joseph, by Jacob, by Samuel, and so many others. But today I'm going to show you this destiny word, Hanini, here I am God, and show you how this word can change your life. It can bring a transformation in your tribulation to bring you up to that place that God has ordained for you. But first, beloved, before we go to the teaching, I want to invite you to my Day of Destiny website where you can access recent podcasts, order my latest book on Secrets of the Anointing, and also view other products that are available and listen to as many podcasts as you would like. Let's go to today's teaching as we continue the series, The Moses Miracle. And today, I want to teach you how to turn the test into the stepping stone of God's best in your life. I want to pray for you. You are so important to God and you're also important to us. But I want you to know that your destiny is why Jesus hung on the cross. He hung on the cross to forgive us our sins and give us eternal life. But we are not those kind of saints 
that just settle for deliverance without destiny. He redeemed you for a purpose. He has got something so incredible planned for your life. And today, I want to begin this podcast praying for you and for anyone that has blocks and has blocks to their breakthrough. We are going to agree today that those blocks be removed and that every door of destiny be opened for you today. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's listening today to this teaching, and I release the anointing of breakthrough and divine turnaround for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. And before I begin, I feel a prophetic word for someone who is listening. The Lord is giving you a word from Isaiah 45. Have you been stuck? Do you feel like the doors are locked? Do you feel like you are stuck behind the bondage of doors and they will not open like your destiny is gated out? Here's what God is saying. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have hold, the Lord says, I will go before you. I will make the crooked path straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. What does this mean? I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. The treasures of darkness are all of the powerful spoils that you are going to bring out of these tests. You see, beloved people, when we go through fire and flood, we are going to come out into a wealthy place. This is why the Bible says we went through fire. We went through flood in Psalm 66, verse 12, but you have brought us into a wealthy place. God wants you to know he's going to give you the treasures out of darkness. This means he's bringing destiny out of your darkest days. And beloved today, now we are going to look at the word of God. Let us open today to the book of Exodus as we continue in the series, The Moses Miracle. Today, we are going to begin with Moses giving us the credentials of the calling of God on his own life. Now, I want you to know something about Moses, and I want you to see that the Bible is going to give us a biblical resume. This is going to be the qualification for exaltation into greatness. The biblical resume always precedes someone who has been given a platform in the Bible that is going to be a platform of purpose. We are going to see what qualified them in the eyes of God for such an election. And we are going to see that Moses is going to write his own resume. He is going to teach us why he was chosen of God and what heaven is looking at 
to qualify us to be in the place that God has ordained for us. Let's begin just for a moment. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 2 verse 1, and there went a man from the house of Levi and he took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Now, why does the mother even need to hide the child? It is because there is a genocide order from Pharaoh to kill all of the babies that are born if they are men. Notice we saw in the last series that the midwives were women of valor. They were Hebrew women not fearing the word of the king and they saved the babies alive. And as a result, God rewarded the midwives with houses. We proved last time from the scripture and saw the rabbinic uh, interpretation on these verses that these midwives were actually Miriam and Yochaved, the mother and the sister of Moses. This is why the introduction to the life of Moses begins with this preface, because we always see that explanation is obtained in the context. So the context reveals to us in the last verse of Exodus 1 that God was so pleased with the midwives that he built them houses, houses, not just physical houses, but generations, a family, a lineage, a people. Now we are going to see in the life of Moses how his destiny began and his destiny began in danger. Before he even came forth from his mother's womb, there was already a death assignment over his life. And when he was born, being born was not a safe place. To live in Egypt was not safe. He had a death assignment over his life because Pharaoh had issued an order to all the Egyptian people that if they heard or saw a Hebrew child that was a baby, that was a man, that, that was a male, they were to throw the child into the sea or excuse me, into the river, but the women they could spare alive. Now, I want you to see the mother of Moses didn't fear the wrath of the king. She didn't fear his word. She spared his child her child. But when she saw he could no longer be hidden, she had to make a decision. I want you to know, many of you wondered throughout your life, why have I gone through these trials even when I was a baby? Why did I go through things in my life when I was a child? I went through hurt. I went through rejection. I went through trials, tribulations. Some of you who are listening might have went through a sickness and you asked the question, why am I here? Well, I want you to know that one of the first signs that you have been destined to be a deliverer in your generation generation, because I want to show you today from this teaching how Moses qualifies himself and what made him destined to be a deliverer. What are the signs? Now, I want you to understand a deliverer is someone who is raised up to be an emancipator and a liberator of the people of that generation. I want you to know that Jesus has called us to be emancipators. Jesus has called us to be liberators. The Bible tells us in Mark's gospel, the 16th chapter, Jesus begins his great commission saying, 
he says to go into all the world to preach the gospel. But he also says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils that my beloved friends is a work of emancipation. It is a work of liberation to cast out devils means that person is no longer going to be tormented bound or under demonic satanic rule or power over their life. He said, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the destiny of a deliverer to deliver someone from sickness, to deliver someone from sorrow, to deliver someone to be an emancipator. And so we must understand that here, one of the greatest emancipators of all time, Moses, is going to give us the documented detail. He's going to show us the resume of what is going to be required to become a liberator in your generation. And one of the ways that you are going to know if you have been destined to be a deliverer, and that is going to be, was there an assignment over your life and you're still standing? You see, I want you to know that one of the greatest signs that God has put his hand on you, one of the greatest signs that you are going to be used beyond what you could ever imagine is that you survived the siege. You survived the storm. You survived the darkest days of your life. You should have been gone. You should not have survived, but you survived. And now you have arrived at such a time as this. And so Moses includes as a very key component of the credentials of his calling. He is telling us there was a death assignment over his life to take him out before he was even two years old. You see, beloved saints, you may not know this, but the enemy also knows when there is a call of God on the life of a believer, even before you even knew Jesus. And so we see, beloved saints, that the mother of Moses must make a decision and she is going to make one of the most difficult decisions of her life. She is going to take that baby and she is going to put him in a basket. That basket should sink in the water or it should become filled with water and then sink. But she's going to daub it with slime and with pitch. And I want you to understand something. The very words that are used about saving Moses in this basket, we're going to see there is a comparison in the context with the saving of the lives of the eight in the Ark of Noah. The very same words are used in the text. Look at what, what the Bible is saying. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark 
and bull of bulrushes, and she daubed it with slime and pitch, and she put the child therein and laid it in the flags by the river bank. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand this is a comparison in the context to Genesis chapter six, when God gave Noah the specific instructions of how to build the ark in order to survive dangerous waters. I want you to know that you have been placed. You have survived the storm. You have survived dangerous waters where you should have drowned. You should have died. You should have not come forth, but God spared your life. And Moses is telling us why God spared his life. Now, I want you to see the God that we serve is a God of divine design. Your destiny doesn't happen by random. Everything in your life is planned. There is no such thing as random or chance when you belong to God. Everything comes to us by divine design. Notice that the basket comes directly into the house of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, who commanded that those children be murdered, the daughter of Pharaoh, the daughter of Pharaoh is going to hear the baby crying. She's going to open the basket. She's going to see the child. And she, in her superstitious beliefs, is going to believe that the Nile God sent her a child. This is why she's going to adopt Moses. But you and I must understand something, dear people of God. God planned this. God planned this divine design of destiny that the daughter of Pharaoh would find Moses. And what I want you to see, dear people of God here, is that we are going to see one of the most important key components to the destiny of Moses. And that is verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Beloved saints, the Bible is going to show us here a destiny dynamic of liberation through identification. Moses is not only going to show us that you know you've been destined to be a deliverer. If you have survived the siege, if you have survived the storm, if you are still standing and God brought your life through a great preservation in the midst of tribulation. Now Moses is going to share with us a second destiny dynamic. And this destiny dynamic is one of the crucial components that God is going to use to open the doors of destiny for you and for me. Now I want you to see and understand why the Bible goes out of its way to tell us that Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. If we look historically into the background of Pharaoh, we will understand that the historical documentation on the daughter of Pharaoh is that Pharaoh's daughter, he only had two, and that she was destined to be, uh, not only is she a princess, but the Pharaoh's daughter was actually going to be considered a queen and that her hopes for a child that never came would take the place of her father. 
Now I want you to understand Moses was raised all of his life in the house of Pharaoh. I want you to understand that Moses spoke um, aristocratic Egyptian, that Hebrew was not his fluent language. This is why he said to the Lord, I'm a man of a stammering tongue. This doesn't mean he didn't know Hebrew, but this means that Hebrew was not fluent to him the way aristocratic Egyptian was. I want you to understand that Moses was heir to the wealth of all the riches of Egypt. And we are going to see in a split second Moses is going to make a decision that will change his life forever. And this decision is a destiny dynamic that we need to understand that there is a particular action that the scripture is going to focus on that is going to be the credentials of his calling. We are going to see this second destiny dynamic laid out for us in the text. The very first thing that we need to see here is that the Bible says when he was grown. This word grown is the word gadal. And I want you to understand in Hebrew, gimet, gimel, dalet, lamet, this word gadal, gimel, dalet, lamet, is a word that can also, if you change the vowelization of the word, gadal can also become gadol. And gadol means great. So we can see this word transformation here. We can see when he was grown and we can also see that it can read when he became great. What does it mean? What is the scripture showing us when he became great? It would seem in a natural sense that when he became great is when he became the heir to Pharaoh's wealth. That when he became great, he became educated in the Egyptian aristocracy and became a tutored under the greatest tutors in the land of Egypt. It would seem that when he became great, he would receive the title that every person in Egypt would want to have the son of Pharaoh's daughter to be number one in line for Pharaoh's throne, that the daughter of Pharaoh, uh, the second daughter or first daughter, we don't know, but we know he had two daughters, that this daughter has plans for him to succeed her father. So what else could we consider as greatness? The Bible is going to show us it is not the world's version of greatness. The Bible is going to show us this intrinsic greatness of Moses. The Bible is going to show us what qualified him to be God's prophet. The Bible is going to show us that if we obtain these qualities that we see in Moses, that he is sharing for us that are the credentials of his calling, that we too, if we walk in this path, we must understand these things are not written. So we know they happened. These things are written to instruct us 
in our destinies so that we might know what path God has chosen for us so that we might make the proper decisions for destiny, that we too would apply the destiny dynamics that the scripture is showing us in the word of God. Let us look here for a minute and we see verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown using the same the same consonants in the word and changing the vowelization of grown to the word gadol to gadol. We will see when he was great. The Bible says he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. I want you to understand that this this concept of when Moses became great is not only shown here in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, but it is also shown for us in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Hall of Faith. We see this use in Hebrews 11, verse 24. For the Bible says, for Moses, when he was come to years, the Bible says, when he was grown, when he was come to years, it came to pass, dear people of God, that by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, what does this mean? When he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughters, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We see that this phrase come to years is the word megas in Greek. And we see that megas is where we get the word mega. That word mega is also has the meaning of great. So the Bible is saying, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We are going to see, beloved saints, that the Bible shows us very clearly in the book of Hebrews, beloved people, that he was esteeming the, the, the call of God. He was esteeming the, the call of God greater than the riches of Egypt. This is what the scripture says. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction of God, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches and the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. What does this mean? This means that he's going to make a decision in a split second. We are going to see here that Moses is going to step up. You see, when we 
realize what our destinies are, we're going to, first of all, see that there's a need. The Bible says he went out to see his brethren. The Bible tells us twice in verse 11 uses the word brethren. This means that there is an association being made with the suffering of his people. And he is so moved for the suffering of his people that he feels a burden for them because the Bible says he went out to look upon their burden. Now look at verse 12. And he looked this way and that. And when he saw that there was no man, what does it mean when the Bible says when he saw that there was no man? This is a direct connect to Isaiah 59. In Isaiah 59, the Bible says, and the Lord looked and he saw that there was no man. What is happening here? We are seeing that Moses is looking this way and that, not just to see who's looking, but he is looking for someone that is able to step up to help these people. He is looking for someone to liberate these people from their pain. We need to see that this entire calling and destiny began with the compassion that he went out of his comfort zone to look upon the affliction of of his people. You see, your calling and your destiny is not about you. When we begin to realize that we have been called for a purpose and that God is going to give us a platform to be able to help somebody else, that our platform is given to us for a purpose, beloved saints. The Bible says he looked this way and that. And when he saw that there was no man, oh my goodness, Moses is going to take matters into his own hand. In one flash second, he's going to make a decision to give it all up for one slave. He is going to give up the riches of Egypt. He is going to give up uh, the place of, of being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter for one slave. He has put the price tag on a human life. He has made a decision that the dignity of a human being and the worth of one slave to him was more than all the riches of Egypt. He is going to step up and claim the responsibility. I am my brother's keeper. You see, beloved saints, when we begin to direct our destinies and navigate our choices, not just to be choices about getting our name in the newspaper, not just about choices about all about me. We need to see that every single person in the Bible that has ever attained to greatness came to that place through selfless sacrifice. They were tested in their character. They went through the proving process of destiny. And this, my dear friends, cost Moses much. But as Catherine Kuhlman said, it cost much, but it's worth the cost. And had not Moses made that decision, he would have never found himself on the backside of the desert. And he would have never had the burning bush experience. I want to take you for one moment to the burning bush experience. 
in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible tells us in verse 2 that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned, hallelujah, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And the Bible says, and when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, that God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Henini, here am I. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand the meaning of Henini. The meaning of Hanini doesn't mean, hi, I'm over here. This is where I am. The word Hanini, here I am, is not a response to God like a teacher who is taking roll call, who says, I'm here. No, Hanini is a word that is used in various places throughout the Bible. Hanini means I'm ready. Hanini means I'm prepared to do whatever you ask. Hanini is a word of total submission and being totally ready. You see, throughout the Bible, we have seen many different individuals respond with their Hanini. The greatest Hanini that we see in the Old Testament was the Hanini of Abraham. The Bible says that the Lord did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he responded, here am I. The same way we see Moses responding when God called his name. He is following the pattern of power already set in the book of Genesis through Abraham and through Jacob and also through Joseph. All three of these had a Hanini. Hanini for Abraham was when he said, I'm ready, I'm prepared. God did not tell Abraham first, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your son, your only son who you love, and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you of. Abraham did not say Hanini after God told him what to do. Abraham shows us that I'm ready anytime. I'm yours any moment. I'm yours any second that you call me. And I'm ready to do whatever you ask me before you ask me. I don't have to thrash it out. I'm here, Lord. So that when God called Abraham to his Hanini, Abraham said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son who you love and get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you of. And the Bible says, 
And the next morning, Abraham rose up and saddled his donkey. Now, beloved saints, I want you to know that from that Hanini was divine multiplication beyond our imagination. I want you to understand that because of Abraham's yes to God and his Hanini, God is going to bless his descendants because we see that through the life of Abraham, Isaac, and just uh, Jacob, their reward was actually played out in the destiny of their descendants. They became the inheritors of the land of Israel. They became multiplied as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore. And this is why God said to Abram, after he passed the test, after he said, Henini, after he responded to God, God said in Genesis 22, verse 17, because you have done this thing because you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore and your seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. Notice how God is promising the destiny of Abraham's descendants as his reward played out in the destiny of his descendants. God wants you to know that today there is going to be such an anointing as you say, Hanini, just as Abraham said, Hanini, just as Moses said, Hanini, here am I. He did not know that his Hanini was going to bring so many trials and tribulations with the people of God who wandered in the wilderness, who would continuously complain, but he still said, Hanini, today I want you to just raise your hands and just say to God, Hanini God, I will do whatever it is that you ask me to do. You see, when we understand this concept of Hanini, then we can understand the Hanini of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said, Father, if you be willing, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, Hanini, not my will, but thine be done. Father, today we praise you and we bless you. We ask you, Lord, to place upon us the understanding of the two destiny dynamics shared in this teaching. We ask you, Lord, that you would show us that we are being called to be the deliverers in our generation. We have been destined to be deliverers. Lord, we pray today that there would be such an anointing upon our lives. We pray today, Father, for those that survived a siege. Father God, when they were children, those who survived the storm, those who passed through dangerous waters, and they're still standing. Lord, that they would know that they've been destined for such a time as this. They've been destined for a purpose. God, I thank you for causing them to survive their storm to still stand, to be 
uh, alive and well, Father God, that you are going to use them for purpose and that you used their pain to train for greatness. Father, we also thank you for the destiny dynamic that, Father God, those who you have called in this hour, those who you've called, Father God, to be your sons and your daughters, that, Father, you want us to have an identification for the purpose of liberation to all those who go before us. Help us identify with our neighbor. Let us call them our brethren, even though like Moses, the people that he went out to see were not his flesh and blood brothers and sisters. They were his people, but not his actual brothers. His actual brother was Aaron and his actual sister was Miriam. Yet the Bible calls it his brethren. Lord, let there be a solidarity with one another in the body of Christ. Let not the hand say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Let us not be so involved in me, myself, and I in our own little world that we cannot step out of our world, Father God, to be a blessing to someone else. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Today, beloved saints, if you joined us on this podcast, I want to make this opportunity for you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. If you have never done that before, you can become born again. Jesus can wash you free from all your sins. You can become transformed, a new creation in Christ Jesus, washed in the blood, free from sin, delivered from bondage. Say this prayer with me, Lord Jesus, today I ask you into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I love you with all my heart, Jesus. Transform my life. Be my best friend. Wash me free from sin. Lord, I claim the victory that I have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Today, beloved saints, I also... At the conclusion of this teaching today, want to invite you to be a Hesed partner. And one of the ways you can become a Hesed partner with us is go to our website, breathofthespirit.org. And when you go to breathofthespirit.org, you can donate to one of our multiple Hesed projects that we have around the world. You can do this also by texting to give. You can text today. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 77977. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you very soon.